Yeah. Huh. Okay, I'm coming. Oh shit. Uh, your horror pack has arrived. <laughs> yeah. Th thanks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the unofficial horror pack. We've been gone a little bit, but we're now back to bring you podcasting goodness. My name is Jerry from Kill the Cast, and I am joined by Carly from Netflix and Chill and a new uh, podcast called the Body Bags Podcast. How are you doing, Carly? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. No complaints yet. We'll, we'll see how these movies treat us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we totally missed February. And we just both had a lot of personal stuff going on in our life and couldn't uh, couldn't do it. I had just I especially had just way too much stuff going on. So we mm -hmm. figured, well shit, the March pack's out, let's just do a double episode. So that's what we're doing. We're gonna do two feature reviews in this one episode. So I'm excited. Carly, tell us about your new podcast. Well, it is the Body Bags Podcast. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure people probably know who this is because everyone in the community kind of knows each other. But if you don't, um, I do it with a guy named Austin Schroyer from the Woodsboro Bros a podcast. Uh, it was his idea to come up with it. And basically, Austin and I are on a YouTube channel. It is a review channel, a daily review channel, where we all take turns doing a review on a horror movie. There are, you know, seven of us for the seven days a week, but it is just Austin and I doing this podcast for now. We will probably have some guests on from that channel, but it is kind of to promote the YouTube channel a little more to try to generate some more views because it seems like it has a lot of subscribers, but not a whole lot of people view all the videos. So we thought it would be a good idea to make a podcast out of it and what we do is um on the channel you get to review any horror movie you want on for the month or on your day rather as long as it was not previously reviewed so it doesn't get repetitive or anything like that but then the last week of the month is a theme week usually and someone from the group picks the theme it could be like scream factory week or blue underground week or like Creature Feature Week, Slasher Week, you know, things like that. And um, so Austin and I, what we do on our show is we go back and forth talking about the movies that we reviewed on the channel. Like he'll do, he'll give his review of, say, the movie he did for the first week. And then I give mine for the first week. Then he does the second week and so on. And then the... Theme week, we both watch the movie that each of us did, and we give two featured reviews. So, for example, our second episode, we did Misery and Jeepers Creepers because it was Scream Factory week, and those are both Scream Factory releases. So, those were our two featured reviews. And, you know, I think it's um going pretty well so far. Austin and I seem to have built a pretty good chemistry because we actually live close to each other in real life we found out and so we've hung out in real life and things like that and we're pretty comfortable bouncing things off of one another so um i would definitely encourage you guys to check it out that is the uh body bags podcast or body bags horror podcast i'll have to ask austin what the official name is because i suck at remembering things but um 
yeah, uh, there's a group page called Body Bags, like dot, 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 where horror lies that you can join on Facebook as well. And that is usually where the podcast will post. So, yeah, that is basically the gist of our show. Very nice. I did listen to the first episode. I have not listened to the second episode yet because it just came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we got more comfortable on the second episode, and we also kind of went back and forth with the reviews instead of just listing off all three of ours in a row and then running out of breath. So I think we definitely improved for that second episode. Yeah, definitely, because that, that's one thing I, I know I had said to you was like, instead of going all at once, throw it back mm-hmm. and forth, it, it, it just flows a lot better and cleaner and gives you a little bit, and you're right, gives you a little bit of time to breathe. Yeah, because sometimes I feel like I'm just going to like freeze up and shut down for a second. So it is definitely nicer when you go back and forth, and I feel more entertaining for the audience. I agree. I can't wait to hear the second one. Um, and, oh, I guess since the last time we recorded, I uh, my new show wasn't out either. I started a mm-hmm. uh, podcast on Japanese kaiju and science fiction movies. Featuring uh, Derek from Body Bags and Cinematech, from the Body Bags YouTube channel, and Cinematech podcast. Donna Nelly from the Horror Mafia, and Jerry Cortez, or I might have said his name. I always say his last name wrong, but it's okay. Um, most of the time we call him Mr. Venom. So, <laughs> you know Mr. Venom. He, he shows up on the Horrorcast a lot. So... If you're into uh, Godzilla, Gamera, and other uh, Japanese science fiction, that'll be up your alley. I'll have to update the links in this podcast to represent both those shows. But, for now, let's get into the February Horror Pack. So, February was a big month because it was one of the first times they had announced what the exclusive was going to be before the pack actually came out. And it turns out it was the Sosuka Sisters' first film, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Yeah. So that'll be one of the future reviews. But before we get into that, let's do a little breakdown of what we got in the box. First of all, David Cronenberg's The Fly, one of the better remakes out there, uh, holds a 7.5 rating on IMDb, and goes for about $7 for the Blu-ray on Amazon.com. I love this movie. Fantastic fucking movie. Huge thumbs up from me. How about yourself? Uh, Yes, I've only seen the movie one time before, but I was pretty blown away by it, and I've said this multiple times, but it's one of the only horror movies to actually make me gag and feel sick just by the special effects in some of the parts. It's just so grotesque, and um, it's a movie I had a blast with, and I have not revisited since, and I did not watch the Blu-ray we got yet, but I'm excited to um, give it a rewatch. Yeah, it's fantastic. That uh, that one uh larva scene is mm-hmm. is is enough uh the next one is uh chernobyl diaries which goes for about seven bucks on amazon and gets a five rating from imdb i've seen this movie but i don't remember much about it i remember i think i remember for a found footage it was decent yeah um and uh, JP keeps making fun of me because I said it was from the early 2000s on my YouTube channel. So I just want to I just want to um, clear that up. It's actually from like 2012, I believe. So um, I don't know why I thought that movie was so much older. I think it's because it has like Jesse McCartney in it and he feels like such old news. But yeah, that movie, um, it's one that I thought was OK and fun, but 
just um, kind of forgettable, I guess. Like, I do want to recheck it out because I feel like it does have rewatchability, but it, it's not like overly great, but also not bad either. Yeah. So I'll give it a thumbs up just because it's, it's not bad. Uh, the next one is a total terror double feature of A Brush With Death and Harvest of Fear. I have not seen either one of these movies. Um, a Brush With Death has a 2.7 IMDb rating and Harvest of Fear has a 3.5 rating. And you can get the Blu-ray for about 5 bucks, though it is not as easy to get. It, it's out there, it's cheap, but it's not like Amazon Prime. It's Amazon third party. But you can get it for about five bucks. I I haven't seen either one of these. Um, they look like they're probably just going to be your standard low budget independent horror movies. How about yourself? Yeah, I didn't get the chance to check them out either. Never heard of them. And based on those IMDb ratings kind of makes me dread watching them. But at the same time, I am interested to watch them because they're something obscure. But I'm sure they're probably just going to be, like you said, your typical low-budget stuff. But who knows? Who knows? I still have to get to them. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Uh, a Brush With Death. A group of cheerleaders take a trip to an old farmhouse for a weekend to stay in the country. After hearing tales of a family being slaughtered at the home by the son 30 years ago, the five young women learn a terrible secret about the killings. It appears the son has now grown up and his depravity has grown too. Okay, so where did he live? Did he live at the house or did he like Jason it and live out in the woods? I don't know. I don't know. It's from 2006. So, oh, really? I yep. thought I was like thinking they were like newer, but I don't know. That sounds like your typical plot line there, but it might be fun. Yeah, let's see. Harvest of Fear, the Harvest Festival in Devil's Lake. Well, of course, there's it's called Devil's Lake, is a setting for a string of murders that mimic those from 20 years ago. A group of college girls find themselves involved in the investigation. With the killer's body count rising, the students race to find the killer before he finds them. So that sounds like typical slasher. And both of these sound like uh, they uh, are kind of similar in the fact that it's it's stuff happened in the past. And now here, you know, decades later, it's happening again. Yeah. I mean, they sound like your typical ripoffs of movies such as like Friday the 13th or something like that. Like old slashers. But... I don't know, for them being, if they're slashers, I might enjoy them because if it's a bad slasher, I tend to enjoy that more than any other subgenre because uh, slasher is one of my favorite subgenres, so I'll give a pass for the bad ones more than I would with like, I don't know, like a werewolf film or something because I don't really care for those, so who knows, they might be surprisingly fun, they might be awful, we will have to see. That's true, and the last one is... Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Now, it has a 4.9 rating on IMDb. And there is no Blu-ray of this for me to pull price from. But the DVD goes for about 11 bucks. So, all in all, you're looking at about, around like 30 bucks for this one. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, like, you can get the fly everywhere. But it's a great movie that if you don't have, you need it in the collection. And Dead Hooker in a Trunk being a social sister film, so it's got a little bit more notoriety. I think those are the two movies that really make up for the other two. So I'm I'm pretty okay with this box, especially after watching Dead Hooker in a Trunk, and I think I need a second viewing of that. But yeah, 
think a second viewing is just going to make me go, no, I didn't need a second viewing of it. it it's that crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because, like I told you before we recorded, I I did rewatch the movie and those were my exact thoughts. But anyway, yeah, um, you know, I already own Chernobyl Diaries and The Fly on DVD, but it's okay because I passed my DVDs on to my mom. She's been taking... She's been, I've been burdening her with all my, um, uh, repeats. So, you know, I'm okay with having the upgrades on Blu-ray and, oh, no, it's a little disappointing to have two movies that I already owned and seen, but at the same time, they're not bad movies. So it's an okay pack. Yeah. I I had the fly on Blu-ray already. Um, but, uh-huh. uh, Kenneth was quick to call dibs on ha- getting my extra copy. So. Oh, good. So that works out. So. Let's look at the March box, because we'll do that, then we'll get into the reviews. Mm-hmm. So the March box, we had Bram Stoker's Dracula. This is the Francis Ford Coppola version, which I have done a review on for Kill the Cast. It has a 7.5 rating on IMDb, and um, you can get it on Blu-ray for $9. I couldn't find our exact cover here, but still, you can get you can get it on Blu-ray for $9. Uh, great movie visually. The story is, is, I don't know. I've always felt like the story was a little lacking, but visually this movie's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I, I'm very not familiar with any of the, like, Dracula adaptations or anything like that. I have not watched this one yet, so, um, we'll see. I don't know if it will be something that's really up my alley, but I'll just have to... Give it a watch. Um, you know, I watch everything in my collection, so I'll just have to see. I don't really know how I'll feel about this movie. Yeah. I visually you'll you'll enjoy it. It's just the story is kinda like what the hell. There there's mm-hmm. amazing acting, and then there's like really, really bad acting. And the biggest thing that just pisses me off is my favorite character from like Dracula. Like if you go back to the Bell Lugosi Dracula, is Renfield and they kinda they kinda I don't like what they did with him. Mm. So, next we have Silent House, which goes for about $9 and has a 5.3 rating on IMDb. And this one does come with a digital copy. Yeah, I don't know about this one, really. Um, Austin actually talked about it on the Body Bags podcast. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think he said it was decent, but um, not fantastic. Well, it's got Elizabeth Olsen, which is my favorite Olsen sister, because she's not a twin, and she was in Godzilla. Um, so I'm ex- so f- just because of that, I'm I'll give I'll definitely be giving that a watch, especially since it comes mm-hmm. within. I love u- ultraviolet copies. I love putting digital copies in my thing, so I can, no matter where I'm at, I can randomly be like, you know what? Let's watch Silent House. Yeah, All right. I don't. I don't really know much about. I don't really use digital copies, but if you're someone who's into that, it's really nice that Horror Pack gives us stuff like that. Yeah, pretty much. So the next one we have is The Right, and I actually saw this one in theater. You can pick oh. this Blu-ray up for about nine dollars on Amazon, and it's got a uh, six rating. Have you seen this one? No, I have not. It's one um, I've said in my YouTube videos. I tend to see it like everywhere in stores and things like that. I feel like, but it's one that I've never watched and never really knew much about. So I've only seen it once. I saw it in theaters, 
And it was interesting. It's definitely a little bit different and slower than your normal possession or exorcism movie. Because it doesn't really try to pull what a lot of them was trying to pull. This one actually kind of almost uh, stays a bit more historic, stays a bit more tame. Mm-hmm. And I actually like that about it. Hmm, interesting. So our next one is the exclusive, which is Psycho Killer. Or if you're IMDb, Lady Psycho Killer. Because I've seen it called Lady Psycho Killer and Psycho Killer. Yeah, like if you look it up, Psycho Killer does not pop up unless you put the lady there. Which is, I wonder why, because I mean, you got the same cover, but just the lady is yeah. missing. So I wonder and I've why seen, they did that. I've seen uh, like artwork out there that's the same cover except with lady on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, because I kept seeing the circulating like on Facebook and I was like, well, I don't think this is the same movie. And then I was like, well, it has to be the same movie. It's the same cover. So I don't know. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah, I feel like I wonder if they took Lady off because they were like, well, let's not make it about like, you know, it's a female. I'm like, if she's on your front cover, it doesn't matter. And to yeah. me, Psycho Killer is too generic. Lady Psycho Killer, while also generic, at least throws another thing in there. So I have a, I have more of a clue of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Good point. So it's got a 6.3 rating on IMDb, and the DVD goes for $17. Jeez. Yeah, so that that's pretty good. In fact, this whole box, Dracula, Silent, Hill, Silent House, and The Right are all $9 Blu-rays. And this being a $17 DVD, this is a pretty good box. This is a $44 box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, the previous box was... When you think about it, that's kind of like not the best deal because they were pretty cheap. But this one, yeah, you're making out. Yeah, you, you really are making out. In fact, I I do feel like it's a better pack. I mean, none of these movies are like low-end movies. These are all pretty high-end. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get into our first movie, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Let me find my Blu-ray so I can read you what they want to tell you about it on the back. Because I really don't know how to describe this movie. (laughs) Four friends set out on an everyday errand. Which, okay, everyday errand. They go to pick up someone from a a church. Yeah, youth group. Which, by the way, I didn't really see any youth except for one little toddler girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they go out for drugs. I don't know if those are the right combination to call an everyday errand, but I think this might be a joke that it's an everyday errand. Anyway. Yeah. And end up in a fight for their lives when they discover the body of a dead hooker in their trunk. Led by sexy, impulsive badass, her distant twin sister, Geek, their Bible-thumping friend, Goody Two-Shoes, and chaotic rock star pal, Junkie. <laughs> what a mouthful. Yeah. I'm surprised I made it through that. The group must put aside their differences to dispose of the bodies they face off against persistent police, a sleazy motel manager, chainsaw-wielding triads, and a brutal serial killer. All the while, they are followed by the mysterious cowboy pimp who wants to claim the corpse for his own. Identical twin sisters Jen and Sylvia, I think is how you pronounce it? Sosa wrote, directed, and produced this exploitation horror thrill ride filled with gunfights, extreme violence, blood, guts, and gore. And I want to double tap on that word exploitation. This is an exploitation film. This yeah, I, fits that to a T. 
I just love that synopsis. You said, like, this movie's pretty hard to explain. Let me read this. And the synopsis is literally just giving you every detail of the movie because they also must have found it hard to explain. Yeah, but they also exaggerated a little bit because they're, like, mm-hmm. constantly bothered by police. One of the yeah. police, like, openly is like, oh, yeah, there's a roadblock over there. Oh, yeah. fuck, thanks. Shit. <laughs> Basically. Pre- appreciate that. The and, and then, like, other than that, one... The cops are not persistent. They let you go, like, the two times you deal with them in this movie. And the sister, the geeky sister, is the one that fucking keeps calling them. <laughs> that is true. The cowboy pimp only chases after them once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the sleazy motel manager, they went to that guy. He didn't, come, he didn't bring him and his fucking goat out there to find you. Mm-hmm. No, he was in his hotel fucking jerking it with the goat and you came to them and then tricked him into fucking a dead body. Okay. You're the jerk there. Not him. Exactly. You're kind of, yeah, he's sleazy, but I mean, let's be honest. You tricked him into necrophilia. That kind of makes you sleazy also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the brutal serial killer who shows up literally once before the very end. I don't know if they're really being chased by him. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, so, oh, but I will say this. There is an audio commentary on here, which I actually kind of would like to uh, listen to. Mm -hmm. There's a behind-the-scenes featurette, which I would like to look at, and there are deleted and alternative scenes. I watched one deleted scene, and it definitely wasn't needed, and I watched an alternative scene, and it wasn't needed either. So they made the right choices by uh, taking those out. Nice. I'll give them that. Okay, so... Holy shit, this fucking movie. Um, this movie's fucking crazy. I would agree. I, I, I'm I trying to figure out how to even, like, talk about this movie. Um, I don't necessarily have tons of complaints about the movie, because it's one of those movies you, you throw logic out the window and just fucking enjoy the ride. And it's, like, such a... I, this is such a, like, do-it-yourself movie that it's almost, like, wrong to really... <laughs> critique it too hard so yeah i don't i mean there's definitely stuff about it that's like questionable but at the same time i feel like they did an okay job with what they they made the movie they wanted to i'll say that yes i will give them that my my only real complaint on a technical side is uh lower your fucking soundtrack so i can hear what they're fucking saying especially if there's no i you know i I want to know how much it costs to actually add subtitles to a movie. Like, I yeah. know it's not free, but I uh-huh. don't know if it's cheap or not or what. Um, I feel like someone's at least had to make, like, a fan sub. Maybe they could have reached out to. But there, there is a lot of times where the soundtrack, which is rocking, I'll give them that. Not, But I, I can't hear what fucking people are saying. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, I was wondering if I was deaf at first because sometimes I have trouble hearing, but um, then you, you turn up the volume and the music just gets louder and their voices are still too quiet. And, I mean, another thing is some of the camera angles kind of got on my nerves too. They were those really just close-ups of people's faces, and I feel like they kind of did that a little too much. That That's something that just kind of bothers me and distracts me when I'm watching a movie, but... Other than that, those are the only real technical issues I'd say I'd had with it. Yeah, I kind of, I, I did eventually get used to the camera, but at first mm-hmm. with how the camera moves 
and all the close-ups is very jarring. Yeah. And I guess, like, on that budget, that's probably the best way to shoot. So I, I kind of chalked that up to being a budget thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you there. I was a little bit bothered by that. So this movie uh, starts out with a band at a bar where we're slightly introduced to two of the characters, but I guess just by sight. And then we get a random flashback where uh, there's twins in a, like as little girls in their house and a dude shows up, which I'm guessing is their dad. And him and the mom kind of fight and accidentally, the dude accidentally shoots the mom. Then the daughter, which is badass, I believe, shoots mm-hmm. the father while the other one just sits there and plays with a spider in a room. I was like, okay, I don't necessarily know if we needed that kind of background information, especially since it never really comes to play. Like, yeah, it's like, I think it's basically just trying to show you how they've always been like, one's been a badass and one's been a nerd their whole life, but you don't necessarily need that since um, it's easily conveyed throughout the movie when they're adults. So yeah, like you don't really get any story on the family or anything like that. So it is kind of pointless. Yeah, they 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 show all of that, but I guess it may it, it adds another depth to the film. I just don't ever feel like they ever tackle that. And for mm-hmm. what this film is, I don't think it needs a moment like that because that almost was felt like it was going to be a serious moment that would play into a hand later on and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um I do want to know what game the uh, nerd is playing on the Game Boy Advance. I'm assuming it's a Pokemon game. <laughs> I'm not um, much of a gamer myself, but... Yeah. Well, are are you a baker? Do you uh, bake stuff for the anti-pornography bake sale? Um, th- no. Actually, no. Okay, me neither. I didn't know. Um. Also, Badass randomly lights her arm on fire, but her arm is, like, fine for the rest of the movie. I didn't, yeah. I, I was just kind of like, what the fuck? Um, and the priest tackles her. I guess that's, a, that, that was just there to establish the priest. Uh, yeah, I think they were just trying to throw in as much, um, I guess, style or whatever you would call it into this movie as they could. And yeah. which adds to the craziness of the movie. Yeah. So I, I will say this. I actually really like the dialogue in this movie. Mm-hmm. It is very good. Uh, There is a conversation they have in the car where they're like, how can, basically, how can one prove themselves good if they've never put themselves in a position to make a bad choice? Like, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was Junkie ridiculing uh, Goody Two-Shoes. And I actually, it got me thinking that, you know, if you've never taken the opportunity to do something bad or put yourself in a position where you could do something bad... How do you know you're really good? Like, yeah, that, are you doing good on your own volition? Or are you just, you know, following like following a cookie cutter mold of good? Yeah, that is a pretty good point. And um, there, yeah, there were lines of dialogue that I enjoyed as well. There was one that um, where the one chick, the junkie chick also is like, why does everyone ask if you're fine when something bad happens? And I thought that was really relatable because it's so annoying when you get injured or like someone dies in your family and someone's just like, are you okay? Cause it's 
just such a stupid question when you think about it. And I really like that line as well. I agree. I thought that line was very fucking good. Um, did, okay, now, did I miss this? Or do they ever explain how the hooker got in the trunk? Like, I don't remember any part when they finally get the story, like, all all the pieces put together at the end. How the hooker actually ended up in the trunk. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't explain it. Um, you know, you find out who did it and all that, but why they would... It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because it's like, how... And why would this end up in just this chick's trunk? I don't recall them explaining it. Yeah, and then when they do reveal who the, the killer is at the end, I, I, I didn't even know who he was at first. <laughs> like, legit, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's acting like they know him. And even when uh, Goody Two-Shoes sees him, Goody Two-Shoes doesn't say, you would think he would say some shit. It's his, it's his fucking priest. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't say anything. Yeah, guys, it's the fucking priest. Uh, he's apparently a serial killer, uh, and he has. You know what? I'm gonna give it to him. Uh, okay. Apparently, he was born Jewish, and during his circumcision, the uh, the rabbi coughed, sneezed. Oh, he sneezed, right? Did he cough or sneeze? I think he sneezed, which I freaking. <laughs> I thought that flashback was just hilarious because of how just bad it was. Yes. Um. And it's weird. The flashback starts off with like chicks denying him, uh huh. But it's it's like it goes from the oldest him being older, and then goes to his young till finally it goes to the breast. So you're just sitting there going, "Why are all these girls asking what the fuck is wrong with them?" Mm-hmm. And then they show you the rabbi thing where the rabbi, you know, sneezed and cut the dude's dick. So his dick is apparently forking. Which got me thinking, I'm like, what do you do in that situation? It's not like you can sue him and at least be rich for the rest of your fucking life. Like, he's a rabbi. He doesn't have any fucking money. <laughs> True. I, yeah, I I would probably become a serial killer myself just because... What are the choices do you have? I mean, hell, he mm-hmm. switched religion. He came, He went from the 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 people who killed Jesus... To, to the people who love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't blame him if a rabbi cut my dick. I, maybe I'd be like, you know what? I fucking like this Jesus, dude. Yeah, that's that literally is all you can do to spite something like that. Yeah, go to the different religion and start killing hookers, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, oh, that scene where the nerdy chick goes in there to talk to the motel manager with his goat, who's uh-huh. up, who's watching porn. They don't show the porn, but you can clearly hear it's porn. Yeah. The hair flipping joke in this scene is is fantastic. They do the whole like sexy uh, slow motion sling your hair, but it goes on for too long, and then it stops being slow motion and just looks fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that actually made me laugh out loud a little bit. I, I give it that. Yeah. Um. The weirdest part with the whole being at the hotel thing is uh, the nerdy chick actually cleans the hooker out after the guys had sex with her. Which I'm just like, if you're gonna bury her, what the fuck's the point? I mean, it doesn't affect you unless you just, you're like, oh, well, we don't want to get the creepy hotel manager in trouble. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she just wanted the person to have some, even though they're already dead. It's like yeah. have some di- have some dignity. Okay, you just got raped. Your dead body just got raped by this dude. So I'm gonna um gonna try to cleanse you of that sin, and then we're gonna bury you. Yeah, maybe that's so, all I can think of. <laughs> we yeah, it's just very weird. I don't know. I just was like, what the fuck? At first, I thought I was like, oh yeah, you get him to sleep with the dead hooker, leave the dead hooker at the hotel. You never gave any names. You never gave any of the shit. They either have to believe crazy dude who may possibly fuck goats. <laughs> they have to believe his story or not. And, and he has his semen inside of a dead hooker. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, you could have walked away from that and, and been got away scot clean. Yeah, you would have fucked over him. But look at him. He probably touched a child in his life. So he probably deserves it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, let's get the main dilemma we have in the beginning of this movie is if you find a dead body in your trunk and you're not a hundred percent sure if you were involved because of drugs and alcohol, do you call the police or do you try to hide the body? I mean, this almost reminds me of the whole, like, I know what you did last summer situation where, um, you know, you hit the person and you're drunk and you're like, well, if we call the police, there's a good chance we could go to jail. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you find a hooker in your trunk, it's kind of a rough situation, even if you aren't a drug addict or, um, uh, you know, drinking or anything like that. I feel like if it's in your trunk, there's like, you're automatically going to look suspicious. So I don't know. I, I feel like I might try to bury the body myself, but that's just me. I really don't want to go to jail for something I didn't do. And in their situation, it, they, they're they obviously hardcore partiers, so they don't know if they did it or not. So um, I but, don't know. I'm I just mean, saying. aren't you running more of a risk by carrying this body around, trying to bury a body, all this shit? Isn't that more of a risk of getting caught? Because if you get caught trying to bury the body... Oh, yeah, you're definitely guilty. They're going to open, close that fucking case so fast it's not even funny. As to where, if you called him, you could be like, oh, I don't know what happened. I'm like that teenager in fucking Texas or whatever that had affluenza, who he wasn't guilty for being drunk driving and killing four fucking people because his parents were rich. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to claim that shit, and they're going to be like, Jerry, you're not rich. I'm going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I identify as rich. And I don't appreciate you uh, just assuming my poverty level. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And I'm going to try to like just buzzword the shit out of that until I get out of it. So I'm not clever and smooth with people. I get nervous easily. So, and honestly, these guys in this movie, they go on just like this. They go on quite the trip when I feel like it, it could be easier to bury a body quickly if you don't run into all these crazy problems so i don't know though i just hope this type of thing never happens to me because it is a rough um situation well hopefully it wouldn't continue to get worse as it does with these people so let's continue into what goes wrong next uh (laughs) the nerd calls the uh, police and the police show up so badass sexually seduces them and leaves them uh in a bed, uh, handcuffed to a bed in a a uncomfortable homosexual like uh, 
position. Yeah. Um, and just fucking leaves them. And the cops don't go after her or anything. They're just like, we're not fucking telling anyone. Uh, so she doesn't kill the cops or anything like that. They, she, as her sister says, she manages to escape in the typical Tweety Bird kind of way. The Sylvester Tweety Bird kind of way. I thought that was actually really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. So, Nerd slaps the badass and then badass, like, one punch just knocks her out cold. Mm-hmm. So, now, of course, they gotta go get the drugs. They've got a dead body in, in there. And you would think you would not want to drive around, but Junkie needs her drugs. Yeah, there's no, when you have a junkie in the car, I mean, that is top priority. Yes, so they go to get the drugs, and apparently Junkie has something with the dealer they used to date or they used to fuck or something. So they end up banging, and then falling asleep, which, like, your friends are sitting out in a parking lot waiting for you. With a dead hooker in the trunk. With a dead hooker in the trunk, and you're over here fucking and doing drugs, but then, randomly... Crazy uh, people show up, which I guess is a rival gang or something like that. And there's crazy Japanese music playing. And there's a chainsaw. And they, like, chainsaw the short hair chick's arm, like, I guess, like, partly off. And then Badass shows up, busts in there, shoots two of the fucking guys, shoots the third guy in the bathroom, then shoots the fucking dealer. Because she's like, I know you're fucking her. Bam! Because I guess she's fucking Junkie. I don't know if they're best... I don't know if their best friends are in a relationship. Because earlier in there, Junkie was sleeping in the bathtub while Badass was sleeping with a dude in the bed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what their relationship exactly is. I felt like there was some relationship vibes going there, but they were like maybe in an open relationship or something. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, I thought they were just like best friends maybe, but I, I'm... Yeah, I'm not fully sure on that. Yeah. So, uh, they they grab her, and Nerd is, of course, calling the cops again. When she, which, the whole scene of her calling the cops, and then Goody Two-Shoes is in the car praying, that scene is actually kind of unsettling. It, 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 it's a really fucking cool scene. I like that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need more crazy. So random dude just like hits her, hits a uh, geek and knocks her fucking eyeball out. Which I had to rewind because I was like, okay, did, like, <laughs> was her eyeball loose or something? Did, I yeah, I was. I don't did know the, that could happen. Did the eyeball come out or did he, did, did it get smashed in? What happened? But there's a chunk of something on the ground and I just assumed that was her eyeball. Mm-hmm. It just seemed it just seemed a little bit unrealistic, but you know, um, for gore effects, it was it was kind of cool, pretty brutal. Well, unrealistic is something this movie fucking loves, because we are going to get into the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen in a fucking movie, and that includes watching a movie that is about a guy who lives in a shitty apartment that has cockroaches that talk to him. <laughs> um, so they they all drive out now, and uh, while. Uh, Junkie is is doing the whole no I'm not fine thing the line that Carly really loves her arm that's barely hanging on gets knocked completely off by a semi truck yes (laughs) so okay here's the thing they try to sew her I'm sorry they don't try they sew her arm back on 
and her arm works. It doesn't just hang there. She uses that arm to fucking uh, light heroin under a spoon. Okay, yeah, later. I was wondering if I imagined that or missed something. Because, like I, I, like, I remember seeing that part where she's lighting the heroin. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't... I don't think that's how that works. I don't think your fingers and hand and anything is going to. Yeah, you be didn't operative. reattach muscles and veins. You you sewed skin together. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, I did. That's and you know, um, this movie's pretty crazy, but that's kind of like a complaint just because of how unrealistic it is. I would have rathered her. I mean, I thought it was kind of cool that they sew the arm back in place just to have it like kind of dangle there but to have her actually using it was just kind of annoying to me yeah so and and they're they're at these woods where they're hiding out now that's why they sew her arm back on and they're gonna bury the hooker even though they bury the hooker and there's like a park bench right next to him (laughs) and i'm like don't bury a body near a park bench that means people frequent there all the time yeah um and randomly the hooker uh, sits up and badass hits her with a shovel. So if she wasn't dead before, she's definitely fucking dead now. Mm-hmm. Which um, re- remi- <laughs> honestly reminds me of a Scary Movie and how it parodies. I know what you did last summer where they accidentally keep throwing bottles at the dude's head as he's trying to run away or walk away because he is not dead, actually. So yeah. I thought that to be pretty funny. Yeah, but at this point, a day or two maybe has gone by. So what, she's just been, like, asleep for fucking a coma for two days? Has it been a day or two? I would assume it has, because they st- they had to stay a night at the hotel. Oh, yeah, I didn't... Th- yeah, I guess so. I didn't think about that. I was thinking yeah. this movie... Yeah, that, that makes no sense then. Yeah. So, uh, then they're all smoking weed around the campfire, and I honestly really enjoy this scene. They're all laughing and having a good time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, sorry. It was, um, definitely my favorite part of the whole movie, probably just because I also thought it was very beautiful. Like the, um, there's a couple beautiful moments in this with like the sunset and like the night sky and things like that. And I thought this was really beautiful. And I liked the music that was playing during it. And I looked it up and I think like, one of their friends or something did like all the music for this movie because you can't really find the move the music online or on iTunes or anything like that. But I just really enjoyed it and it reminded me of like me and my friends all sitting around like a bonfire and just hanging out. After killing a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Normal <laughs> shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Now when you're chilling there, does a uh, purple shirt cowboy hat guy show up on horseback with a fucking whip? Uh, not usually. Our nights usually end pretty successfully, and no, that has never happened. Because that fucking happens here, and I'm just sitting here like, how did he find them, and how did he know that they had the hooker body? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that man, one, he's not even the one that did it. So I'm just trying to figure, like, did the pr- serial killer priest go to him and be like, hey, they've got the fucking body? Mm-hmm. Then they had like, the horse. They had the yeah. horse sniff them out. <laughs> Where's the like? What's the fucking connection here? I just don't. Anyway, so uh, cause even he rolls up and he's like, "I reckon you got my hooker," and I'm like, "Or I reckon you've got my whore," and I'm like, "Who just shows up on horseback with a whip and says that? <laughs> Is that a normal thing in Canada? Cause that doesn't happen here." 
Yeah, dude. Where like where's your car at? We do we do not ride horses these days for one thing. Yeah, so anyway, badass kills him also, of course. Uh but uh one of my favorite scenes, Goody just goes fucking off on him and is like, You son of a whore who fucks his mother and a bunch of other shit and skull fucking and then he's like at the end he's just like and Jesus doesn't love you. It's pretty intense. And Nerd got hit in the face again because Goody was getting too into it. But, you know, she's alright. She can take punches to the face. Mm-hmm. So, also, all those gunshots that she shot at the horseback, there's a there's a house in the, in the back. Like, you can literally see a house right back there. And I'm like, they didn't hear that? <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're really not in the middle of nowhere as you would think they would be if they're going to hide a body. So, yeah, badass must have like the the greatest luck in the world because she don't give a fuck about nothing. She doesn't worry about getting caught or anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So Goody gets in a cab and confesses his love for n- nerd, and I guess that's a scene that happens. I it's it's kind of heartwarming, but it's like we already know. Yeah. It. That, yeah. That scene kind of. Well, for one thing, I didn't really like it because you have this close-up of the dude's face and his teeth were, like, bright yellow, and I could not stop focusing on that. And then, what, the cab driver was supposed to be, like, Jesus in the form of a cab driver or something? Yeah, uh, they don't mention it, but in the credits, apparently that guy is is playing God. Yeah, I didn't get that. On the second view, I caught on to that just because of something, like, the way... I think he like winks or something. Then he's like, and by the way, Jesus loves everybody. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, okay, just another piece of like fucking another slice from the crazy pie for everyone. <laughs> um, so Junkie gets dropped off at the hospital. Uh, Geek and Goody go to the dead hooker's house because they have the idea and the money. Uh, they find a, an adorable pug. Yes. Um, which Goody didn't want to touch because it had clothing on it, and he made the nerd take off the clothing, off the puppy. Mm-hmm. I guess he didn't want to. T- I'm like, later on he's gonna make a joke about accidentally touching the hooker's butt, but he doesn't want to touch her clothing. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck, Aaron? So then they see a article of a newspaper article that happens to be there that shows that there's a serial killer on the loose. So now they're like, oh, it had to be a serial killer. And then the nerd puts a fucking GPS in the badass's phone. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I was just like, what does nerd do? I need to know what she does because apparently she's capable of doing that in, in like, when was this movie? 2011? Uh, I think 2009, actually, maybe. I, I I think I've seen two different dates for it. Yeah, 2009. You're right. So 2009, <laughs> they did that in 2009. And I'm just like, that's not going to be easy or cheap yeah so and then we cut to badass who goes into a random bar to get sewing things to fix her pants because i guess her pants got ripped when she was being dragged by the horse (laughs) and there's randomly a picture of the dead hooker there wow convenient yeah and so she gets and at this point i'm really like there's a part of me that wants to be like are you fucking kidding me but you say that so much in this movie that you realize like it's it, it they don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. it's done on purpose. Just go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And, like, <sighs> at this point um, in the movie, this is kind of where, like, 
uh, I don't know. I just kind of was like turning my head, like getting kind of thinking like it's getting a little convoluted and just like, I really like the scene up. I like the uh, film up until they bury the hooker and they're all sitting around smoking weed. And then I feel like just this last sort of act, I guess I kind of got taken out of it a little bit and it's a pretty short movie, but for some reason I just wasn't really feeling what was going on during these parts. I feel like it got a little too crazy. You, you're right. And especially since you think that they buried the hooker. No, they took the hooker with them. They still have the hooker after the weed smoking scene. Oh uh, yeah. Like they, they <laughs> didn't even fucking finish burying the hooker. They just gave up and left the hooker in a hole and smoked weed and then took the hooker in the fucking morning. I watched this freaking movie twice and I still like missed stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, nerd and, nerd and goody go pick up bad, go, uh, pick up, uh, fucking junkie. Cause she has badass's cell phone. Then they all meet up at the, uh, hooker's house. And there is a funny scene I really like where, uh, Goody's going off again and he's and he turns to badass and he's like, Are you going to hit me? And she's like, No. <laughs> For some reason that just fucking cracked me up. Nerd spots a guy with a black hoodie and a bat be- and she's like, That's the fucking guy who hit me. That's the serial killer. And I'm just like, How do you like any guy with a fucking hoodie who happens to walk around with a baseball bat because maybe he's going to baseball practice or to fucking hit a few balls? around town or some shit like that is a fucking the serial killer that hits you with a fucking knocks your eyeball out you're you're making assumptions and connections that you maybe need to calm down on yeah because it like zones in on that guy and i'm just like for a second i was like okay why is this guy relevant he looks like any other white dude on the streets it wasn't until she goes up to him that i'm like oh that must be the dude who attacked her and I find that is an issue with these types of movies where all the characters just seem so plain and all kind of look the same that it's kind of hard to follow. Yes. And then I, I and then and Goody runs over and they're just like punches him the fuck out and just starts beating the shit out of him. And I'm just like, damn, Goody. Like, I did not expect that. So they, they get the guy, they take him in there, they decide they didn't want him to produce, so I guess they did something to his penis, but they don't show it. Um, and they do the ice pick to the mouth and the pliers to the mouth. And uh, there's a funny, the dog's licking up the blood. And they use a fucking power drill. Anyway, they apparently also cut him up and take him out by multiple trash bags. And they all decide, well, let's get a good night of sleep and then tomorrow we'll go bury the hooker. Mm-hmm. So once again, we're now another fucking night or two into it. So I guess since they think they caught the serial killer and killed him, badass decides to go home and take a shower. And of course guy shows up, punches her, puts a bag over her head and then just beats the fucking living shit out of her face, which later on her face isn't even that bad. So I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. That kind of bothered me. I'll say that. So she gets kidnapped and the next day no one can find her. And also Junkie's arm is working perfectly fine when she was not in the hospital long enough to get any fucking work done. But here she is holding this fat ass fucking pug. (laughs) Yeah, she's literally just like in and out of the hospital. And it's like, okay, that's definitely how that works. Yeah. So I'm just like, what the fuck ever. And then they find the 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 trunk lid pops open again on accident, which luckily enough, they did show that earlier in the film that that does happen. 
Uh-huh. So at least they set that up, but you could easily miss it. And they're like, oh, well, the dead body's not here anymore. And her room's a wreck, but her room's always a wreck. But because the dead body's not here anymore, some shit happened. And then somehow a business card was left in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what the, f- like, why would you leave a business card? Because I know that he did it because later on he's mocking her. He's mo- The priest is mocking badass and he's like, I bet you think your friends are going to be here any minute. And she's like, they're not that stupid. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, but I, like, they don't mention it, but obviously he wanted them to show up also. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another reason why he would have left his business, a business card there. Mm-hmm. And what do the business cards say? He's a fucking priest. Yeah. What he, <laughs> that's what did I'm he make thinking. business cards for when he goes into those restaurants? That's like, drop your business card and you could win a free lunch. <laughs> Sounds like something a priest would do. Yeah. A forked penis priest. Mm-hmm. All right, so hookers. yeah, so okay, now we get into the big reveal. Turns out the guy that's killing everyone is the priest, and the guy they killed earlier was his brother that was just borrowing his baseball bat. <laughs> so they killed someone who was completely innocent for no fucking reason. Yes. Like, well, we we won't talk about that. So nerd dresses up as badass and has. Literally the funniest fucking lines I have ever heard about cocksucking in oh my, my god, life. I love I, this was my fav, favorite line of do- dialogue. I know I said that deep line that that girl said it was my favorite, but I take that back. This was perfect. It was so good and and thinking about sucking cock. Oh my god, and that that cock experiences. Oh, like this scene is is fucking worth it. Like. Oh my god, it, that scene is worth the price of admission alone. That's Sitting literally through, like how I would insult people. You I'm know what? Like, <laughs> it does kind of sound like you would say that. You like, I could see you making fun of like someone and like stumbling through awkwardly about yeah. them sucking cock. <laughs> like, like it wouldn't just be like the typical like, oh, go suck a dick. It would just. I would like forget how to insult the person and then go into this huge proper like monologue about it. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. Um so yeah, then we find out the about the rabbi's split dick and all that shit and uh you eventually if you can put it together, it's the priest. At first I actually thought it was the blonde dude who was at the church also. Mhm. For some reason, I thought when they kept showing cuz they were really dark every time you see the priest at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I was like Oh, well, shit, I bet he's fucking, uh, the blonde dude. I think I saw some blonde. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking wrong. <laughs> um, so then we get, the crew shows up and they're surrounded by bad guys and there's like, I don't, <sighs> nerd runs away, uh, junkie somehow, like, with her fucking arm, flips over a dude and then runs out. After, and Goody also runs out, so I guess none of these, like, one one or two of these guys get knocked out, and the other four are like, uh, you know what, fuck it, let's just do this coke. Yeah, I guess so. It was a pretty simple getaway. Yeah, it was very weird. They go into a room, they see the dead bodies, they see the former dead hooker laying there also, which is how you know he took it again. Mm-hmm. Nerd goes up to the roof, and we get a bunch of uh, dialogue about the penis, but I can barely hear it. Because mm-hmm. of the music, something about skull fuck... He's going to skull fuck her. 
where the eye came out or something. Yeah, you're in the ballpark. Um, and then Badass shows up out of nowhere and kicks him and then just pours liquor on him and sets him on fire. Mm-hmm. And Typical. then the cops show up. And they could have left the hooker there, and they would be like, "Oh shit! Look, these dead. Bo- this one hooker's with all these other dead bodies. It must all be connected to the guy who's a fucking burnt Cheeto up fucking top on the roof." <laughs> but no, they take the hooker with them anyway, so they can fucking go throw fucking her in the water. Now they're not gonna bury her; they're just gonna throw her in the water, which means she's going to get fucking dug up and found a lot easier. Most bodies don't stay in the water. Yeah. So that was like, fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. I felt like the hooker just kind of like is what brought them all together and they just could not let go or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's cool. We get to see Goody kiss nerd. So that was fucking cool. And there's a line at the end that I think is perfect for this movie where... Ah, fuck, who says... I, I, someone goes, I can't believe there aren't any repercussions to this. Oh, yeah. It's uh, one eye, Goody... Yeah, um, and then and and that's the part where it's like really hitting home. Hey, there. Th- this was just a fun fucking movie. It's a crazy movie. It's an exploitation movie. You're not supposed to take this shit serious. So chill the fuck out. And that's what I have to do. And that's what I have to base the movie on. There are some things that I don't like, but overall, I fucking enjoyed the ride for this movie. Um, I just wish the uh, soundtrack was not so fucking loud. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as well. Some stuff I found to be confusing. I'm glad I gave it the second watch. And, okay, one more thing. The the nerdy girl did not go to the hospital for her missing eye, did she? No, she doesn't. She doesn't pick up her eyeball and take it with her or anything. No yeah. one steps on it. Like that's Nothing. one. That's one thing. Like I'm, I was like thinking the whole time. Like so, that's it. Like the re- no repercussions, and the rest of your life, you're just gonna wear like black tape over your eye socket. And yeah, and you know what? No one's Fuck gonna that. ask questions. <laughs> because yesterday at work, I literally got hit directly in the eyeball by a black strap that was on a pallet. I was that like pallets that hold all like the TVs together. Uh huh. I, I fucking cut that off and I was when I was trashing everything and I was pushing all the fucking plastic because we recycle and shit because we care. <laughs> like we're pushing the shit in the back. It, a fucking one of the black straps swung up and hit me right in the eye. How it got past my glasses, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but it hit me right in the fucking eye and I literally like had to go. I was just like, I, I fucking just went and sat down for like fucking 30 minutes because it hurt so fucking bad. And then the rest of the day, my eye hurt and I had a headache. And even today, my eye still hurts a little bit. I can see and everything. It's not like I can't see. Mm-hmm. But there's no way this nerdy girl who plays Pokemon on a Game Boy Advance and is interested in a fucking uh, youth group leader <laughs> took it to the fucking eye like that and it's just it never bitches or complains. Yeah, you just you just describing your incident made my eyeballs hurt and like uh. Just anything with eyeballs really bothers me, and that that just was bothering me the whole time. I think I'd rather have my arm ripped off than one of my eyeballs knocked out by a bat, but that's just me. Eggs, fucking exactly. So, all in all, this movie is a lot of fun, but you you need to turn your brain off and just enjoy it. It doesn't really matter if it makes sense to you. It doesn't really matter if you can keep up with it. Just enjoy crazy event after crazy event, and that's it. Keep in mind, this was their first movie. 
it was a fucking low budget independent and it's pretty dope with what they did and what they were able to to accomplish so i'll give it to them it's it's a way better than uh plank face oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> definitely it was at upgrade. least fucking entertaining so mm-hmm. all in all i give it a thumbs up the August, or not August, what the fuck am I talking about? The February horror pack was definitely saved by the fact that it had Bram Stoker's Dracula in there and Dead Hooker in her trunk. I, I can see myself watching this movie again, maybe putting it on when I have people over, be like, y'all want to watch some crazy shit? I'll put this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely a fun ride. Uh, not one that I'll rewatch anytime soon, because obviously I just watched it twice in a row in a small period of time but overall i give it a thumbs up for being as good as it is for the budget it was made on i think all the actors really tried in this movie and the only problems are really the technical issues and some flaws in the storyline so i give it a thumbs up i gave it a rating of like a 6.5 out of 10 so yeah not a bad film for what it is yeah, and I'm not much into ratings, but uh, that sounds like a super. That sounds like a solid rating, six point five. I definitely would rate it higher than what IMDb does, but we oh. all know IMDb rates horror movies very fucking low, so yeah. you kind of have to adjust because they gave it a four point nine, and I definitely think it's better than below average. Yeah, me too. So, well, all right. Well, it looks like we are about to get into our March movie, Lady Psycho Killer. So, from 2015, we have Psycho Killer, or Lady Psycho Killer, depending on where the fuck you're looking at. And once again, it has a 6.3 rating, which so it has a higher rating than Dead Hooker in a Trunk, which is interesting. And the DVD of it goes for like 17 bucks. That's a very expensive DVD. So, this Blu-ray is pretty good. That's a pretty good price. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this movie... Let's see what how they want to tell you. Because I, I, I think I can give a basic explanation of this. I also want to say this whole neon color of the of the fucking movie, the front case, does not fit this movie. Yeah, like whenever I opened up the pack and got it, I was I kinda liked the cover because I just like the color scheme and the, I thought it looked cool, but when I watched the actual movie, I, yeah, it definitely does not go along with it at all, and that kind of gets on my nerves. Yeah, so, a doe-eyed, knife-wielding killer, Carly, is this you? Um, no, the girl in here was blonde, so. Yeah, but you're doe-eyed, and I assume you've held a knife. Um, yeah, if you want to leave it at that, yeah, that's true, fair enough. Okay, don't hang out with Carly in real life, she might kill me. Got it. (laughs) Um, A doe-eyed, knife-wielding killer is on the loose in a small town, slicing and dicing men of questionable intent. As her brutality leaves a town littered with corpses, her unquenchable bloodlust is lost on her young lover. Love is blind as he pursues her regardless of the obvious warning signs of psychosis. Will he meet his end at the end of her blade? Um, First of all, he barely sees any of this psychosis. Yeah. Like, at all, um, considering they hang out, like, three times in the movie. And then one, mm-hmm. one time, in, uh, there would have been a fourth, but he couldn't find his keys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I, once again, I want to know 
how they write these backings. I want to know if the the movie the people who made the movie wrote it or whoever like uh like did Wow Now, which I really want to know if they're related to like the Now movie or the Now music CDs cuz that logo looks kind of familiar. Yeah, actually, I didn't even realize that, but that's like the same font and angle that those CDs are. So that yeah. is interesting. <laughs> so I want to know if they wrote this because I, I, I kind of question that they wrote it. So anyway, so this movie follows Emma, who is basically a uh, an introvert. She uh, mm-hmm. doesn't have any friends and she's going into college. Um but they, this is one of those movies where they start at the end and then tell you how it got here. So the movie starts off with Ella just like walking down off school hallway like, I killed a bunch of people and the police are about to come and arrest me. Yeah, and I've never been a huge fan of that type of beginning. It's like you're spoiling your movie before you even get into it. Even though, you know, if you're going to tell it, it's, I guess not really a spoiler but at the same time i'd rather just go through the movie and then get to the ending well here's my problem they do that and then they literally do it again like they do this beginning and then they go directly into a the same thing where they have her going into a strip club talking about how she wants to learn to be wanted learn to feel sexy um that she's a virgin and she doesn't have any sexual experience Mm -hmm. and go ahead you you got uh, something to say about going into a strip club uh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. That is not what I was going to say. You you just go ahead. Go on. Uh, <laughs> was it about feeling sexy? Was that it? <laughs> I, when I want to feel sexy, I put on purple flannel. Jerry, why do you do this to me? Uh, what, why do I put on purple flannel? Or ask you really, yeah. really odd questions? Both, both. <laughs> well, it's what keeps it interesting. So... Ron Jeremy runs a strip club. Do you know who Ron Jeremy is? I definitely know that name. He's, but... a, he's a famous porn star. He was in uh, the movie Deep Throat, which was one of the first porn movies to, like, one, be, like, get released in theaters and, like, get really big. It was a fucking cultural phenomenon at the huh. time. And it involved uh, Linda Lovelace, who that in itself is a very, very tragic story. Her Her, her whole life was fucking... A goddamn tragedy. Um, if you ever want to watch like some interesting documentaries, find Docker. There's, uh, I think, one called Loveless or there, that goes in or behind Deep Throat. There's a bunch of documentaries on it, and it's super interesting. Hmm. So kind of depressing. It is. Um, so Ron Jeremy runs a strip club, and uh, she emma's there because she wants to feel sexy but then as she gets in there it starts changing and she starts talking about all these urges she has about killing men that she thinks are creeps and bad my only problem with how she designate who's creeps which some of them are creeps but a lot of them like it's not like she said no and they kept going she Mm -hmm. leads them on she's like like i'm sorry but most guys if a if a very attractive woman comes up to him and is like, Hey, do you have a car? Let's go hook up. They're going to go. And that doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of how like on those stupid police shows, whenever women are pretending to be prostitutes, just to try to lure a guy into asking them 
out and stuff and they even though the guy says no multiple times and then they wait for him to say yes and then the cops come up and they're like you are a pervert yeah and it's like i'm not a pervert i told you no 20 times and then you were like well for five bucks you'll get a hand job and it's like for five bucks that's a fucking deal yeah that is the value menu of prostitution Mm -hmm. it's safe because it's just a hand job what are you going to fucking catch off a hand job it's safe there's minimal cleanup it's it's less harmful like if i would like if i was in a relationship with a dude and his version of cheating was just getting a hand job i wouldn't even be that mad i would be like well i mean it could be definitely worse i mean you still did it that's still bad mm-hmm. but at least it was a hand job yeah like so you're 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 right it's and this is even worse because it's not like there's money involved it's literally like you want to fuck up? Like, if you go to a strip club and the guy who runs a strip club wants to see you naked, well, I wonder fucking why. Yeah, it's... She she wants a reason to justify killing these people, and she forces it. Yes, and she does. And even though he does act a little creepy, and who the fuck eats ham before they're going to have sex? Yeah. <laughs> like, one, I don't eat ham anyway because I think it's gross. But, like, even, like, say it was, like, turkey, because I love turkey, I wouldn't be like, hold up, sweetie, I gotta eat a couple of slices of turkey before we get down to business. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if a, even if a girl said that to me, I, like, I'd still have sex, but I'd be a little weirded out. I'd be like, you know what, let me be careful with this one. She might try to do some freaky shit. Listen, we all have our kinks, Jerry. And I'm not kink, I'm not kink shaming. I'm not. Like I said, I'd continue, but I would be a little weirder. Like, how would you feel if, like, like, uh, say you're in the same position, not the same position in this movie, but you're about to hook up with a guy, and before he, you know, y'all get down to business, he goes, hold up, I need to eat a slice of ham. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I'd be a little weirded out, especially if it was a regular thing he did, and also, it just seems like a weird thing to put ahead of important ahead on the importance scale when you're about to have sex yeah well i mean i guess this guy he did say he banged like three thousand chicks so or Mm. 300 chicks or some shit like that so i guess it kind of makes sense that he's like at this point he doesn't really have to give a fuck i guess yeah he's just so freaking cool that um you know who cares let me eat my meal beforehand yeah, so then we flash into Psychology 101 with Professor Douglas. And I gotta say, I love this actor. He, he's fantastic. I see him in a lot of shit and I always like him. Um, I like his voice. Um, and for Psychology 101, all he wants you to do is to break a sexual norm and then write a 3,000 word essay and have a presentation for it. Boo. Now, th- that is just fucking weird. I mean, I guess if that's all you have to do your entire course, that's fucking... Not that bad. Yeah, I guess. I would still put it off to the last minute, though. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm like, but my problem is, is what constitutes a sexual norm? Like, what, like, like, because for some people, like, anal sex would be a, a breaking the norm. And for some people, it would be like banging a family member. Like, what extreme are we going to? Like, or is it just like. Well, normally I don't do one night stands, so for me that's breaking the norm. But for other people, that's not even a big deal. Like, yeah, like I picture in his mind, sexual norm just being like your basic standard sex, and literally anything else is breaking it. 
Yeah, I guess it's like, so, I mean, and even then, how am I going to write a 3,000 word essay and have a presentation on? Well, for my breaking the sexual norm, I, I was in a glory hole. <laughs> you know, that's what I did. Like one sentence. Yeah. Like I was in a glory hole and I'm either going to be like, Hey, it was fun. Or that was pretty fucking terrible. I don't know why people do this, but it's not for me, but I broke a sexual norm and now I have to stretch this into 3000 words. So I guess I'm going to like fucking do Stephen King like details on like the, the <laughs> fucking bathroom wall and what was written there and what colors and what text. And like, yeah, fuck that. You're, crazy anyway mm. whenever emma pictures herself with a man she pictures ripping off his dick and stabbing him in the eye with it which is i would say kind of uh different you know yeah so i mean it's whatever she ends up killing fucking uh ron jeremy with one of the worst uh throat slits ever by the way yeah definitely like, it's fucking terrible but anyway but before that happens we we get to meet uh the great Malcolm McDowell. Uh, he was probably my one of my favorite parts of this film. Yeah. This is awkward well, creepiness. Well, I, I like two weeks ago, I, I watched, I rewatched Caligula, which he's the main star in. He plays Caligula in that movie. And in that movie, he does all kind of weird fucked up shit. Like he anal mm. fist a dude ah, on okay. his wedding day. Ah, as um, you do. Yeah. As, yeah. As one does. Um, uh-huh. If you ever want to waste, like, almost three hours of your time watching just the weirdest historical fucking half-porn, half-real movie ever in your life, Caligula is a fucking experience. Is, does that, is that a word or what? I don't Caligula, was, uh, Caligula was an actual uh, person in real his, historical life. He oh, was, okay. uh, who was his dad? Nero? Was Nero his dad? Or, or anyway, it deals with uh fucking uh the Romans, the Greeks, uh, not the Greeks, okay. but the Romans. All he right, was all he right. was one of the he was one of the emperors, huh. and he was fucked up. He did all kind of weird fucked up shit. And the movie's about him doing weird and fucked up shit. Um. Learn, learn so anyway, new every day. So I just kept thinking about like young Malcolm McDowell being creepy in that movie, and now here he is being old, being creepy as shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, she, uh, Emma starts telling, she blames her mom, kind of her mom made it to where that's her only friend and that dating her would be like dating your little sister, which that's never good. You don't want to date your little sister. Um, no. so she starts about the rivers of blood and she's fucking crazy guys. She has, she's, there is something mentally wrong with her, but this is America. So we don't, we don't care about her mental health state. So, <laughs> she she starts looking at books like Anatomy of a Serial Killer and shit like that. And um, and after she cuts uh, Sal's throat, which is Ron Jeremy's character, that the effect looks like shit, she almost does a complete 180 on how she looks for the rest of the movie. Mm. Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. You know, and her attitude changes. She goes... You know, she's like, Mom, I'm in college now. I can stay out at night. Um, oh, fuck. Here we go. So, Daniel is the guy she is interested in. Well, Daniel's interested in her. Because Daniel, while he's basically a dumb jock, is really into smart chicks. His typical, typical movie setup there. 
Yeah, but you know what? You like I always feel like the jocks in the movies are not into smart chicks, but they I just happen like... to go after this the one smart chick in the movie. But in this movie, it's, yeah. it, they say, hey, he's been into smart chicks for a while. That's his M.O. Okay, yeah, fair enough. You're right. Um, So, Daniel's buddy Chuck is, he's an asshole. Um, Jesus Christ, this dude an asshole. I wanted to just beat the shit out of Chuck constantly. <laughs> Holy Typical shit. Typical douchebag, yeah. Oh my god, he is what gives dudes a bad name. Um, mm. But he does end up helping his buddy out and ends up, like, getting Emma's... Giving Emma Daniel's number. And, but then he fucks it up, but he goes, oh yeah, you better put out. Or maybe put out or some shit like that. And I'm like, you are a terrible best friend. You are just like, I would not hang out with you. I don't care how long we've been friends. It's not happening. Yeah. So, we then have, to me, the creepiest fucking scene ever. And that's when Gerald and Emma are talking and... I hate this whole fucking thing. He goes, why don't you call me Jerry? Say that. Call me Jerry. And then touches her face. And I'm just like, quit ruining my name. I didn't even think, I didn't even put that together. Like, oh, poor Jerry is going to watch this and think that. But, oh my God, it was so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be like. so gross. Introducing myself and be like, yeah, my name's Jerry. And someone who's seen this movie, she's just going to be like, oh, fuck that. And just like immediately leaves. Yeah, luckily this probably isn't that well-known of a film that um, the general public will see and judge you. But yeah, I agree. That part is so creepy, especially he's like, you can call me Jerry. And she's just like, okay. And then he's like, say it. Yeah. And another thing, when when you have a younger chick in your house that you're hoping to try to bang, maybe don't bring up her mom in conversation. Yeah. That, that's kind of fucking weird so anyway she tells him that i'm supposed to be doing something i normally wouldn't do and he goes to to kiss her and she stands up and okay i have a problem with how they do fucking scenes in this movie because they always like want to split a scene in half Mm -hmm. with another fucking scene so we don't even really see the kill for this scene until later on but fuck that i'm gonna talk about the whole thing right now yeah that works he goes in for a kiss. She stands up and she's like, no. She ends up stabbing him in the fucking stomach with gardening shears. And later on, we find out like she was on top of him, dry humping him while fucking his stomach up with those shears. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was it was a fucking, it was actually a really cool scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree, though. I don't like how it's, I don't like how they break things up either in this movie. That's like another you know, kind of like how I said, I don't like how the end of the movie is at the beginning of the movie. I don't like when movies are chopped up. I would rather just see a full movie scene by scene. Sometimes it works, but for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, I didn't need a female psycho uh, killer movie done like Pulp Fiction. Okay? Not needed <laughs> here. You can just be straightforward. So, then she goes back to her mom, her house and like she's covered in blood. And her mom doesn't say shit about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, time out. How is she not saying fucking anything about it? And we find out why later. Um, but it's just very odd in that moment. You're kind of like, whoa, what? Like, you feel like you should know a piece of information, but they haven't. But it's just that they haven't yeah, given it to you. Yeah, you would think they would bring it up right then and there. But, I mean, I guess it kind of just plays on your what the fuck factor. Pretty much. So, uh 
there's a scene coming up where she actually texts Daniel and Chucky's like, send that bitch a smiley. Bitches love smileys. And I'm just rolling my eyes because I'm like, dude, oh my God. Like, no one fucking says that anymore, even though this is 2015. So I guess people did say it was a popular thing there. But then we go to her and she's like, I think I might be in love because he sent me a smiley and only my mom's done that. And I'm just like, you were won over by a smiley? Like, you probably thought, you were probably first in line to see the Emoji movie. Okay? <laughs> Something, you you probably touched yourself in the movie theater, fucking Pee Wee Herman style. And that's fucking weird, Emma. Jesus. It's like those freaking screenshots you see like on Facebook of a boyfriend and girlfriend texting and it's just like, I love you, baby. And then it's just like a bunch of wet emojis and like heart emojis and all of that. And the girl's just totally all into it. Yeah. I can't stand stuff like that. Like that does not matter to me at all. I fucking hate emojis and I don't use them. I'll use them occasionally, but some people go way too overboard. <laughs> Yeah, like, they're fucking whole, like, they have to break up every fucking, like, five words Word, with, like, yeah. six emojis. Mm-hmm. You oh have to decipher God. what they're talking about. Yeah. So they set up a date, and then we get to see her mom cleaning the shears, just cleaning the blood off of it, and once again, you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So, Casual. And then she starts thinking about her, her husband, Ella's dad. Well, I don't know if they were married. But that, I'm assuming they're not married. They were they were not married. So Ella's dad, uh, and it may I'm a, at this point you're kind of like okay. So she used to help Emma's dad get rid of bodies. So maybe there's something here. She did it while she was pregnant, which is very irresponsible. Right. So Emma later finds her her weapons and the blankets cleaned, and that's just fucking like. At that point, do you not go to your mother and be like, yo, what the fuck? Why are you not giving a shit about me being blood? Why are you helping me? Why aren't you flipping out? You wouldn't even watch a a movie with me earlier that involved fucking someone dying in a fake movie. Yeah, like I feel like if I was out killing people though and my mom was just cleaning my sheets for me and being a good mom, I probably would just be like, okay, it looks like I'm getting away with this. Just like if I... I don't know, got like all F's on my report card or something and my mom didn't say anything, I would be like, okay, I'm just not going to say anything either and we'll just see if, how this plays out. Yeah, so... Uh, fuck. So Daniel can't find his keys and so Emma is at the club and nothing's happening. And once again, the soundtrack is so loud that when Emma goes and talks to this dude, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, did, I couldn't pick up on it either. Yeah, and once again, no subtitles. No. Nope. Like, God damn it! I want subtitles. So... She gets the dude to go out into his car, which is convenient, parked behind uh, the club where I guess people park sometimes because I guess maybe the parking lot was full or something. Mm-hmm. Um, she stabs him. Then she goes and starts making out with his friend who notices all the blood on her, but she kisses him. So he's like, fuck that. I'll, I'll, I'm about to get laid. And he doesn't care. So he gets stabbed in the fucking bathroom. And so she stayed out all night and she comes home covered in blood again. Her mom's like, what, what's going on? And she lies to her mom, telling her this bullshit story. Because here's... Okay, Carly. Yes. Now, according to her story, uh, there is a fight that breaks out as soon as her and Daniel show up to the party. And there is... And uh, Daniel gets stabbed. And there's blood everywhere, but he's okay. And so the whole thing sounds like as soon as they showed up to a party, he gets stabbed. Uh-huh. And she goes, I wanted to come home. 
right away. But she stayed out all night anyway. Like, what parent is like, oh, okay, that makes sense. No, like, that's that story sucks. Especially, like, I mean, this chick had, like, blood on her face and everything. And I'm just, like, that doesn't really explain all the blood. <laughs> yes, there, like, there would okay, not be... He got, yeah, he got stabbed, okay. Maybe you got some blood splatters. But I don't feel it would be where it is. Yeah, so I... I... I, that story was just kind of bullshit. So then we find out more about her dad. He was a serial killer and the mom helped the, hide the bodies. And then he tried to kill the mom because he was like, well, I don't want the... The baby's going to have the same uh, serial killer tendencies as me and have the same urges. So I don't want that. So I'm going to hit this bitch with a shovel. Uh, but he didn't double tap. So she still is alive. The baby's still alive. And he apparently is still out there somewhere. <laughs> Which I I like that part where she's like, he tried to kill me and then she's like but i survived and then the daughter's all like well that i mean that head injury does explain a lot about my mom <laughs> and her mom like her mom just kind of has this like blank stare so it looks like she might have sustained a head injury once or twice yes it i actually think the mom does a really good job in this movie i actually really really liked it mm-hmm. yeah um, me too so she makes another date with Daniel. She stabs a dude in the library. She hides newspaper cutouts behind a dog poster. Uh, her mom talks about how she used to knock him dead in her day. And the daughter's like, that makes two of us. And I'm like, oh, God, come the fuck on. Not that, no. <laughs> um, but then she goes, I have uh, the urge to go on an actual date to be normal. Um, well, too bad because your fucking choice in men, he's bad at dates. Like, yeah holy shit, this whole conversation was awkward. And, like, he was like, I just get, I fantasize about women like you and y'all inspire me. And she's like, what, inspire me to jack off? And he's so thrown off. And I'm like, dude, all you had to say was, I like smart women. They inspire me to try to be smarter. Mm-hmm. All you had to say. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Nope. <laughs> so... Well, even with how bad he is, it's going pretty good. Because she's like, you know what? Why don't we go back to your place? But Chucky shows up. And he wants them all to go to the lake. And once again, fuck Chucky. I hate this dude. He's annoying as fuck. He's a shitty best friend. And the way he treats women uh, also is deplorable. Because he's just like, here, take this chick. When fucking Emma gets all mad and and leaves the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's just a total douche. Yeah. I... You know, once again, I feel like that's your typical high school fake-ass friend, like, relationship, uh, friendship group going on there. And it's quite annoying. Yeah. How does this dude pull two chicks? At the, <laughs> like, how is he convincing these two chicks to have a threesome? I real I, like, I don't fucking see it mm-hmm. at all. I, I, I just don't fucking get it. So, well... We get a scene where Emma walks up to the waterfront as she's getting away and she starts stabbing a dude and the chick went to go pee and she comes back. But it was just a dream or daydream kind of thing. Daniel Mm -hmm. catches up with her. She swings the knife at him and he's like, I would never do anything to hurt you. And she screams, you don't understand and runs away. (laughs) And she goes home and she starts talking about how uh, we like we get to see that the cops have finally shown up to pull out fucking... uh, Gerald who's dead and the mom's like oh he's dead and she's like at that feeling I would thought it was remorse but it's not remorse it's excitement 
And at this point, I'm getting a little tired of the the monologues inside of her head. Because at this oh, point, yeah. I feel like it's just getting, it's the same shit over and over. I, I get turned on by killing people. Yeah, it, like, even from the start, it was kind of getting on my nerves. Just the sound of her voice was kind of annoying. And it, it did go on for too long. Like, narrations and movies are fine if it's just um, very tiny tidbits and then silence. But this whole movie is just filled with this girl talking um, just telling you what's going on inside her head. And I agree, it got old by the end, definitely. Yeah. So then we get a montage of her just going out and getting guys and stabbing them. And I've got a problem with this. Uh, she's just stabbing people out in the open. She is uh-huh. not trying to hide it at all. And I'm like, how fucking bad are the police that they haven't found her? Yeah. Like, there's no eyewitnesses to any of this. Like, she is stabbing people openly. Mm-hmm. I just... It, it's uh, it's the dead hooker in the trunk syndrome, where there's just... Seems to be no repercussions or suspicions at all going on. Yeah, apparently. So, she calls Daniel. She's like, I want to come over. And he's trying to quickly, like, clean up his house. Which, man, I have fucking had to do that before. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out she was already at the fucking door. And uh, she, this scene's funny because she's trying to tell Daniel that she's like, I've been going out and doing these things with these guys and, and, but she, it sounds like she's talking about sex, but it's murder. Uh huh. And so like to him, he's hearing, I went out and banged all these dudes. (laughs) And it it, it was just really, I really like that scene. It's funny. Uh, Then they go to Mm -hmm. do something normal, which is kissing and dry humping. Right. Uh, which, you know, fair enough. She's a virgin, you know, go into dry humping first. That's definitely, I mean, you, most people knock that out between 13 and 16, but hey, you know what? You do you. Yeah. I think she even like her internal monologue even said like, oh, so what? It's dry humping. It still counts or something like that. Yeah, basically. Um, so she then goes and like, apparently kills someone who I guess is supposed to be Daniel's dad. And then it goes directly to her telling the report to the classroom, which we don't get to hear, which I think would have been a really fucking fun scene. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that I that was a big fucking fuck up because I would have loved to seen how she started. I want to I want to hear this presentation. Mm-hmm. I think it could have had like a really dark and also just, um, I don't know, dark touch to it, I guess. And just, like, they could have shown how uncomfortable everyone was. Yeah, just like, like, <laughs> yeah, like mouse dropping and things like that. Yeah, but uh, Professor stands up and he's like, I don't believe this shit. Uh, you deserve to fail. He sends everyone out of the classroom except for her. And he's like, he doesn't believe that you've killed 17 people. Here's the thing. The cops show up pretty... I'm not sure who called the cops. Uh-huh. It makes it seems like maybe he called the cops, the professor called the cops as he was walking out, but there's literally like not enough time between the time he walked out and the time she walked out for the police to already show up. Yeah, yeah. I assume that he was supposed to be the one to call them, but like it doesn't really make sense in that time frame, but that's seemed to be what I I think that's what they were trying to convey that he did it, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, there's, like, I just feel like this whole scene should have been done, like, way better. Like, this was a scene I was waiting for the entire movie. Her mm-hmm. giving her report. And I feel cheated. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, I mean, like, the whole, that was, like, the whole the idea whole behind setup. what she said. Yeah. 
Ugh, fucking pissed. Anyway, so she gets called by the police, and the police are like, no, we don't think you did it, even though in her report, she, she's giving details, and cops don't give out every fucking detail of a murder. Like, mm-hmm. she had to have shit in there that was not fucking in the, like, what was released to the public. Right. And they're just like, oh, we don't think it was you. And so I'm guessing uh, someone else, her dad, killed someone using the same MO, stabbing, uh, which... To me, I'm just like, okay, you can't let one stabbing happen. Which, first of all, she couldn't even been there for that long in the police station. It doesn't make it seem like she was there for a whole day or a half a day or anything. She yeah. was maybe there for a few hours. And in that time, you're like, oh, nope, someone else got stabbed. So, we, you know, that was them. It, it This happens all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, y'all are, like... That is the cheapest fucking write-out I have seen in so... That is literally... As bad as sewing someone's arm back on and it just working. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she walks out though, and Daniel, who is there, and he's like, "Yo, I'm down. I don't, I, and I don't know. Does he know she's been killing people? Now is he okay with it? Did the mom tell him? Because the mom's there now. Like, I, they don't really explain that, and I'm like." You haven't even hit it, and you're, like, ready to just settle down with a fucking murderer. (laughs) Like, and you've only been, you haven't even, like, really, you've barely been dating. Yeah, it's like like people who get engaged after two months. It it just doesn't work like that. Yes, you're still in the fucking puppy dog phase. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, And it's worse for you, Daniel. You didn't even get laid. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't even know if that is... The vagina that he wants to commit to for the rest of his life. Exactly. Okay, look. If I have any relationship advices, uh, waiting till marriage is dumb. Do not mm-hmm. wait till marriage to have sex and do not wait till marriage to move in together. Especially moving in together. Oh, yeah. you don't know a person until you live with them. Anyone can act uh, perfect for fucking eight hours. If you don't believe me, go fucking find the one person who's fucking wearing a red shirt at Target and smiling. They're faking it. And they're faking it well. Uh, it's not that hard to act proper around some. That's why when you're dating, it's it's all puppy dog love. Because you're only seeing the best of them. When you live with them, you have to deal with every part of them. You have to deal with how they are, how they would be by themselves. Every mm-hmm. every like disgusting thing you do, guess what? They do it also. And now you've got to be okay with seeing it, seeing another person doing that. And some people can't do that, and that's always been dumb to me, because I'm like, you do it. I don't want my woman to fart. Dude, people fucking fart, man. It happens. It's (laughs) fucking okay. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, like, oh man, she was like in fucking sweatpants eating ice cream and just letting it rip. So? Like, you've never fucking had pajama pants on going at a tub of ice cream. Fuck Mm out of here. And then the girl in this movie, she's probably going to fart, be in sweatpants, and killing people. So, yes. like... <laughs> and you, and and she she does kind of kiss some of those dudes uh, to get them to come on there. So, I mean, like, I don't know where your line of cheating crawls. And also, she gets off sexually on a lot of these kills. Are you uh-huh. okay with that? Like, I, like, there's a lot of questions I would have to really consider before I'd settle down with her. But yeah. he's in it. He's all for it. Um... Though I, I guess at this point, he just had a conversation with her that made her look like she's super slutty. So maybe he was like, well, fuck it. She has a sex problem. It's okay. 
And now he's going to find out that, well, no, it's not actually sex. She's a virgin. She murders people. <laughs> um, Which, personally, I'd, re- I'd rather find out that, like, my lady was, like, just banging tons of dudes before we got together. Uh-huh. Compared to killing people. Yeah, I think, yeah, killing is um, the ultimate turnoff, I would say. Uh, that is where I would draw the line and be like, it was nice knowing you, but I'm going to walk the other way now. Yeah, because what she's done in her past is not my business unless it was, it has legal replications that can affect me later on in life or put me in danger. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and, and I've never understood the whole, like, um, dude, no, I can't be with her. She's been with, like, fucking ten people. So mm-hmm. that was before you. Yeah. What does that exactly. fucking matter? What she did before you does not fucking affect you in any way. Mm-hmm. Unless she killed people. Then, okay, we have a fucking problem. <laughs> yes. Um, so then they're, they're like, we're going to go find uh, daddy. We're going to go find dad, guys. Um, and then the last scene is dad killing a guy. Now, the guy that he kills, that's Chucky, isn't it? I believe so. It, which is funny because he's like, I'm still a virgin. How are you a virgin? Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you didn't, like, bang those two chicks. They were fucking all over. If you can get two chicks to make out with it in front of you, you're probably getting lucky. Odds are in your favor very well, especially we know they're not, uh, they're, they're not personally into chicks like crazy because of a conversation that happened earlier when they were at that diner. Mm-hmm. So it just it just doesn't make sense at yeah. all. Um, so I'm guessing it was maybe him trying to find sympathy. Like, dude, come on, I'm a virgin. Don't do this to me. Like, have some sympathy. Because, may- I don't know, maybe I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it, right? All right. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's this movie. Um, it's set up for a sequel. I don't know if I want a sequel. Um, it's a one-time watch for me. Um... Yeah, for me, like, it's definitely, I probably don't want a sequel either. It's definitely a good standalone film, and it has aspects to it that I do very much enjoy. Like, you have the introverted girl who turns out to be a psychopath and has, like, you know, mental issues going on with her mental health that makes her do this stuff and, like, want to kill people, and... I, you know, I've said it before, I've always been pretty interested in that, like, just knowing what's going on inside this seemingly shy, innocent person's brain, and uh, I did, uh, like, I didn't really like the internal monologue all that much, just because um, after a while, her voice just kind of started to irritate me, and the movie is a little bit repetitive, you know, she's just going and killing people, and left and right, and things like that, and that's kind of just all that's really going on in this and then going on dates with the dude. So it's a little bit forgettable for me, but at the same time it had elements to it that I did like. So um, I like, I want to say it's weird because I feel like I enjoyed it more than Dead Hooker in a trunk, even though a lot more is going on in Dead Hooker in a trunk. But at the same time, it felt forgettable. So it's really hard for me to, I feel like I would have to give this one a rewatch to figure out exactly how I feel about it. You know what? It's interesting that you say you, you feel like you enjoyed this one more than Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Because while there was a part of me while watching, I was like, you know, this is very interesting. I am interested to see this point of view. Because we don't get these kind of points of views in movies as much as we should. A, a, a young lady breaking out of her shell, kind of going through a uh, sexual awakening 
Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very interesting. I would, I would have loved to have seen more of that. And I would like, I wish this movie would have started off with her giving the report and then it could have been her walking through her going through all this shit. Yeah, that would have been cool. And then at the end, like, everyone just staring at her like, what the fuck? And then the the professor yelling at her, kicking everyone out, calling the cops, having the cops taking her, taking her. Like, I just, I want, like, because the, the dialogue, the, well, I'm sorry, the inner monologues just got repetitive. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was the issue there. Like, I feel like there was a lot you could have edited out of this movie. Like, the, you could have made this movie much, much shorter. And it still got the message across easily. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a bad... It's no, it's not a bad movie. Um, yeah, definitely not. I would just say, like, it's... Obviously, it's shot better than Dead Hooker in a Trunk because it's from 2015 compared to 2009. Right. But I will say this. I can see myself re-watching Dead Hooker in a Trunk. I don't really see myself re-watching Lady Psycho Killer or Psycho Killer, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a movie that I will get rid of. It is a movie I will keep because I may one day come back to it. And it is a movie that I can go, you know what? This has a unique angle that does not get hit on. I don't think they fully met what I would have wanted to come out of it. But you know what? It is unique. Yeah, fair enough. Like, uh, for me, um, you know, I'm kind of the opposite. I feel like I might not rewatch Dead Hooker in a trunk all that much just because it is... um, you know, it just has that more lower budget quality feel to it. And sometimes I have trouble just watching those types of movies. So it's probably not one I would go back to a whole lot. But with this movie, I would actually like to rewatch it. Not anytime soon because I hate rewatching movies right after I just watch them. I'd rather watch something different. But it is one I will keep in the collection and probably give a rewatch to one day to see if I like it any more or any less than I did. Yeah, so I mean... If I think Dead Hooker in a Trunk to me was a bit above average because of its being an exploitation film, it, it was one. It was also unique and it was also breath of fresh air. It reminds me of um, it was kind of like a cheap um exploitation version of a a whacked out fucking Takashi Miike film, mm-hmm. like one of those Japanese splatter films or something. Mm-hmm. except just toned down and, and goes a little bit crazy in other places. Psycho Killer definitely walks the line of being realistic for the most part. I don't think she would have been able to kill all those people and got away with it. And I definitely don't think she would have been able to be released by the police. But it was good. I, I, I'll i say I'd probably I'll lower it. I'll rate it a little bit lower while it is shot better. That's due to time, I believe, and in mm-hmm. a much bigger budget. I'd probably give it like a six. Yeah, I think I, I know I wrote down my rating, but I forget. I think I would put it at like a 7.5 ish. So I give it a point that would be like a point or so above um, what I give dead hooker in the trunk. So 6.5. So you gave it 6.5. So if you give this a 7.5, it's a, yeah, it's a full point. All right. Yeah. So, you know, just a little bit higher. I think, just because the quality is a little better. And I did like the character you know, and uh, the story. Um, they could have done a better job. It reminds me, you know, of a movie like Carrie or May. You have that same, like, shy, introverted girl who has these problems going on internally. So I did like it a lot for that because I am a sucker for those types of movies. But overall, I liked both of the movies that we reviewed here quite a bit. 
Yeah, I like them both, and I like I like both horror packs. I think they're both uh, really good. So mm-hmm. now we just got to wait and see what April is going to bring us. Heck yeah. So, well, that's it for us, guys. We have reviewed this shit. We give both boxes a thumbs up. We give both the exclusive a thumbs up. We hope you enjoy the box. If you want to join Horror Pack, links are in the description. You can go to horrorpack.com. There is also a uh, Kill the Cast link for Horror Pack if you want to get on it. Uh, check out Carly's new podcast, Body Backs. Also, check out Netflix and Chill. They are back in action. Yeah, we're on a streak again, guys. Uh, I know we <laughs> we weren't doing too good for a while there, but now that uh, JP no longer does the Married with Children podcast, um, he you know has a little bit more free time to work on our show, and that is cool. We recorded two episodes that should be out soon and we're honestly about to probably record a third one as well coming up here as soon as we're gonna do santa clara to diet so as soon as i finish that i will record with him so yeah definitely check us out because we are trying to get back on a regular schedule with that for sure and by the time this comes out a new kill the cast episode would have already came out which we uh we each member recommends three horror video games that they love so if you're into horror video games Keep an eye out for that. We recommend uh, three each from different. We all three came up with completely different games. It's fucking awesome. It was a very interesting episode. I th- it starts out a little rocky, but as we get into a flow of having to review a video game, we definitely hit a stride. Um, so check that out. And coming up soon will also be episode two of the Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space podcast, where we take on Godzilla versus Gigan. So... With that being said, check out all the podcasts, links in the descriptions, YouTubes, all kind of that, all, all fucking kind of shit, man, all that jazz. And we will see you next time for the unofficial Horror Pack podcast with the April Horror Pack box. Thank you for joining us. Uh, let us know what you thought about the movies and the packs, and we will uh, see you next time. Later, guys. Later. <laughs>